0: I wouldn't clap now. You haven't heard it yet. It's uh, might be terrible. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, so, and uh, just, <clears throat> I have an amazing cold. So, if I start speaking too fast or too quietly, do something at me. I'm completely deaf, so don't shout at me because I won't be able to hear you. Um, the other side effect: you might want your smartphones at the ready because, because my ears are blocked. My, a video montage of me this week would be me walking into door frames and dropping things because my balance is off. So, there is a reasonable chance I may fall into the holy hot tub this morning. Um, yeah, I'll, just, I'll be in, but... So, Easter Sunday. Resurrection Sunday, as some people call it. Um, 16, for 16 centuries, millions, billions of people have celebrated the, the resurrection of Jesus today. Uh, and even t- today as we speak, and uh, around the world, probably the best part of 2 billion people will be gathering to, to remember and celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the grave. And uh, as someone who's speaking, I, I just had to do a little bit of praying with God because I was getting quite nervous because actually, in a, in a sense... This is one of the big ones. If I preach well, you might come back for the carol service. Um, so there's a bit of pressure. Um, and there is more serious pressure than that, anyway. Um, but for uh, so those of you who don't know, I spent a bit of time as a youth pastor a few years. And um, it's tempting on a, on a Sunday like this to almost, almost beg people to follow Jesus. You know, almost just try and, you know, please do it. Because you know... The, the, the depth and the meaning of following Jesus. And because you know what it means for people, you can put this kind of funny pressure on yourself. So you end up begging people and you say, oh, come in for donuts whilst we lock the doors and talk at you for half an hour. It's that kind of stuff. But actually, as I, as I was preparing, it, I just reflected, actually, every, every Sunday, people in this room meet with Jesus. And they would say that every Sunday, there's this almighty, all-powerful, all-loving God that they meet with. that changes their lives every week. And if that's true, then why should I beg? You know, if God is great and mighty, why would I beg? And actually as you read the scriptures, Jesus never goes up to anybody and begs them to follow him. He just says, follow me. And people say yes and people say no. Um, to the point where there's, there's one one particular story. He goes up, he's talking with his people. Uh, and this, in the response to Jesus saying, follow me, he said, well, let me go and bury my father, and then, then I will follow you. And Jesus says, well, let the dead bury their own dead. The context of that, if you don't know, is what that guy is saying to you is, let my father pass away, let me get his inheritance, be financially secure, and then I will follow you. But Jesus doesn't give him that option. He says, no, follow me, or don't. There's no, you don't need to wait, you just need to follow. And um, God is not insecure. Unlike me, I'm I'm kind of hoping that people will respond to Jesus this morning because I know what it means. But but God is not in heaven going. I just you know I really really hope somebody responds. I I really hope that they would follow me. Actually, yes, He does. And but He's there saying, you know, I'm a great, mighty, kind of all-powerful, all-loving God. And you know, I want you to follow me. I want to show you that I love you. I'll forgive you for whatever you have done. But I'm a great God, and I'm, if you're going to follow me, then follow me. Give stuff up to follow me. And actually, the, the, we're celebrating the, the resurrection of Jesus, and that really, that is, that is more than just getting our ticket stamped for heaven. We say this quite a lot here on Sundays. It's more than just getting a pass into heaven. It's a, actually, when you choose to follow Jesus, it affects your life now, and it helps you refine your purpose now. Because what it does is it brings us back into a relationship with God that we were supposed to have from the beginning. It brings us back to him. It makes things the way that they were, the way that life was designed to be. And actually, if you choose to follow him, actually what Jesus says, he doesn't say, well, now just sit tight and wait to pass away. That's not what Jesus says. He says, no, actually, be filled with the Holy Spirit, go and tell other people about me, baptize them, heal the sick, raise the dead. He tells us to do amazing things with our lives. Now, and it has an effect now, not just for getting our ticket stamped to heaven, not just... And for a lot of people, I think heaven is like the Simpsons version of heaven you know, clouds and from very theologically dubious images of all sorts of stuff. Um, but these are quite big claims you know that, that Jesus rose again and Jesus has the power to do all these things when we follow him. And uh, there's quite, some of you will have heard this before the, the wonderful uh, intellectual theologian Bono uh, of U2 fame was asked. Is the idea of Jesus far-fetched? Does that not sound a bit mad? And his response was this. This is kind of cut down, but it says, he says this. Either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or he was a complete nutcase. But the idea that the entire course of civilization, for over half the globe could have its fate changed and turned upside down by a nutcase, that, for me, is far-fetched. So this morning we are, we're going to read from Acts. Acts chapter 17. And we're going to read verses 24 to 26. It says this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And from one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. The context of this passage, Paul is in Athens, he is speaking to fairly sceptical philosophers. Um, which partly I think is why you know I wanted to share this today. We live in quite a sceptical culture, quite a sceptical time in history. And I just want to pull out some quick points from this um, before we do kind of the baptisms and everything. The first being this is that what actually is said here is that you are intentionally created by God. Um, did everybody enjoy the sunshine last week? That was like summer 2017 done, I think. <laughs> was that the, um, I think we got to 20 degrees. That's a good year. Um, but that heat, the heat that we experienced came from this big ball of burning gas we call the sun. So that sun is about a million times the size of Earth. I have no idea how to put context on that. It's just a million times. It's a lot. A lot bigger than Earth. Uh, and it's about 93 million miles away. We're considering going to Cornwall on holiday this year. We feel like that's a long way away. 93 million miles away is a long way away. Um, And Actually, as we we sit here, the Earth is rotating around on its axis at 1,000 miles an hour. And whilst it's spinning around like that, it's orbiting the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, um, which is quite fast. Again, I just can't... I don't know how many times fast that is in a jet. I can't... I just can't put any context on it. It is so, so fast. And all this is happening, and we now think that the sun is travelling through space, so we're just going like this, going like this, and then doing like a corkscrew, following the sun through space. And we're just sat here, probably grumbling because the sun isn't out on Easter Sunday, and it's just, you know, we're just going about our normal lives. I had to think about this. If I then got on a teacup ride, I'd be sick everywhere. <laughs> well, how does that happen? <laughs> Um, but does it not ever fascinate you that life for us, in a, in, that, in a sense, is so perfect, that the world around us is so perfect, that God would create something so perfect for us? And I know that there's all sorts of stuff about going to other planets, and all of that stuff fascinates me as well. But inside of all of that big stuff we're talking about, He creates us. He creates these things we, we now we call human beings, you know, these emotional beings, that, that we laugh and we cry and we feel pain and we feel sorrow and we create things and we explore things, that he would make us. And the Bible repeatedly says that not only did he create us as a kind of plural, six, seven billion people, plural, he created each one of us and he, he kind of ordained each one of us before time began. So the Bible would say there's kind of some, some famous passages on this. Um, one of which is Psalm 139. It says that actually he, he knew us in our innermost being. And he knit us together in our mother's womb. And I just before I move on, just one thing. If you have ever been told that you are an accident. If you have ever been told that you are not wanted. I could swear I won't list children. It's not true. It's completely not true. Actually, that in your mother's womb, God saw you. God knew you. And we are... And culture kind of struggles with this. You know, we are created by him, and we are created for him. And that's what I mean when I say our purpose is found in him. You know, We are created for him. So if we are not living for him, we, we're living without the purpose we are intended for. So my second thing to draw out of this quickly is uh, actually that, that not only did he create us, but he cares about you and your life, and he also cares about how you live it. So that means that, yes, he cares about the hurts and the pains, but he also cares about how you conduct yourself and how your life is and whether you follow him. Um, there's a, I, I can't say it. I'm going to say the Westminster catechism. Catechism. Thank you. Every time I read it, I thought I'll put it in my notes. I'm not going to be able to read it. I won't put it in. Um, says it this, says this about our purpose. The chief, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That is the greatest thing that we could do. That is the, the, the purpose that we have. But all of us, and this is this is where people start to get offended, and I'm sorry if you do, but actually the, the Bible says that, that all of us fall short of the glory of God. And that, that includes me. I put myself top of the list for that, because I know all the things I do wrong. But that's why Jesus... Death is so important because those things that we do wrong create a barrier between us and God. And actually, when Jesus died on the cross, he, he paid for our sins. Um, he, you know, he. <coughs> There's no other way to say it. The, the punishment for not following him, for doing our own thing, is death. Okay, that, that actually, that creates a barrier between us and God that cannot be passed except through the grace of God, except by Jesus' blood being spilt for us. And I I love Resurrection Sunday because I think sometimes we can focus so much on Jesus' death and the sacrifice, and that's good. But he rose again so that death couldn't hold us. And within all of that, God cares about the details of our lives. He does care. So he cares about the bad things, so... I'm just going to list a whole bunch of things here. So, gambling or alcoholism or any addiction or gluttony, which is, and for me, that's like, I'll be honest, that's something I I fight with. Um, You know, domestic abuse or neglect, or, you know, it could be anything. God sees those things and He sees the bad things. So, He sees you struggling with debt uh, and He sees you not being able to put food on the table, and he sees you working a day job that you hate and you just cannot bear, and he sees you struggling with those suicidal thoughts, and he sees you uh, in your loneliness, and he sees you hurt by gossip, and he sees you hurting others by gossip, and he, uh, he sees you struggling with the, the fact that your kids are being bullied at school. He sees, you know, We could list all these things. God sees it all, and he cares about it all. And as we'll see in a minute, God's response is, just reach out to me. Come and find me. And within the idea that that God cares about your life, this this passage of scripture is quite specific. It says about God knows where you'll live and where you'll be and where the boundaries of your land will be. He's in the details of your life. And I don't believe it's an accident that you're here today. I'm just not that kind of a person. And although I think there's probably people who could speak better, I don't believe it's an accident that I'm speaking. And I don't believe it's an accident that, that God wants to tell you that he's closer to you than you could ever imagine. The, one of my favorite misconceptions of God is that he's a far-off deity. Actually, when, when Jesus came to earth, his, his, the place he seemed to go more, almost more than anywhere was to the house of sinners. And that's a whole... People don't like that word. So that's the word. Um, when he comes, he says, when he goes to see the disciple Matthew, or as he was, Levi he says, follow me, Matthew says yes and then Jesus ends up going for dinner at these guys' houses now, t- Levi was a tax collector which means that traditionally speaking, he was an enemy, if you like he was helping the, the enemies of Judaism uh, and he was probably, there was a lot. these guys were just associated with corruption with taking extra money, with doing things that they shouldn't do but that is where Jesus chose to be. And when the religious types challenged Jesus on it, he said, no, this, these are the people that I've come for. These are the people I've come to help. And actually, so it illustrates to us that Jesus came not, not just, just to rescue us, though that's true. He actually came for a relationship with you and with me. There's another story in the Bible of the prodigal son. Um, and actually... The son goes off and does all these terrible things and, and, and comes back. And actually what that illustrates, what we see in it is in the midst of all of the muck and all of the confusion and all of the brokenness, God celebrates. God is so delighted when we come back to him. And I would just say this, the other half of the prodigal son is there's another son who's annoyed about God's celebrating And can I apologise now if you start going to this church or another church and the religious types, people like me, the seasoned veterans of Christianity, we call it. Actually, if we start judging you and looking down on you for your brokenness and your hurt and your pain. Because actually we're probably no better. And just remember that God celebrates you coming back to Him. So let's read on. So verse 27 of Acts 17 says this, God did all this. The creation and knowing where you are, God did all this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. I think this is the thing that God wants to get across to you. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with God, this is what he wants you to hear this morning. He is closer to you than you think. Um, I've got a 20 month. Is she 20 months? 22 months? To a, almost two-year-old daughter. We stopped counting at 18 months. We'd wait for the second birthday. Then it gets much easier. <clears throat> but we play hide and seek, um, and it, at the moment I love hide and seek because it's so easy. Because I say hide, Elsie. I don't have to get up. I don't have to do. It. I can just 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 hide. It's fine. But what's fascinating is if she covers her eyes, if, if, if she cannot see me, regardless of whether I can actually see her, she thinks she's hiding. She has no concept that I'm actually, I could be right here in front of her face, she has no concept of where I am. And I think sometimes we can be like that with God. Is We've just got our eyes closed. We have no People can walk through life, and people do walk through life with no concept that there is a God that loves them. With no concept that there is a God that is watching them walk through hurt and pain and sorrow and in sin and all these things. They have no concept that there is a God that loves them, that is stood right next to them, that made a way for them. And even if we feel like we are far from him, he is so close to us that we wouldn't believe it if we knew it, I don't think. And the Bible says that actually... When Jesus came, he, he, he came and, and understood our suffering. So, actually maybe the reason that you're hiding isn't because directly because you're trying to hide from God, but actually maybe it's because if you open your eyes, then you will feel the pain, you will feel the regret, you will feel the shame of whatever life throws at you. The things you've done wrong, the things you feel guilty for, and I'm kind of that person, I'm the person that, I will do something sm- so small and insignificant that the person I've offended has no idea I've actually done anything wrong. But I'm—I'm I'm, my personality type is the one that just feels guilty and feels ashamed. And uh, I don't do this now, but actually it used to be that I would think I've offended somebody, so I would avoid them in case they were mad at me. So that's kind of my personality type, I guess. But actually, maybe you—you've you, closed your eyes because you can't handle that pain, not because you can't handle God, but because you don't want to see the things that are happening in front of you. And I, to kind of put this in some sort of context, I've, I had this this week, all the, the stuff with the chemical weapons in Syria, I, don't, I presume most people have seen that. I had to get to a point where I, I just cannot read any of the reports, I cannot watch any more of the videos, because actually, all at once it made me so... so full of pain for the people that have lost people and the people that saw it Uh, and the the parents that no longer have kids and uh, the kids that no longer have parents you know all that stuff the pain of it and the sorrow of it but also the kind of the anger and the helplessness because actually what what can I do about this situation not a lot and my response really was to close my eyes to it because I couldn't do anything about it and I couldn't do anything with the I couldn't do anything tangible with the the feelings that came with it. So actually, maybe that's why our eyes are closed to God. Not because of God, but because of the stuff that we're experiencing. The stuff that we're seeing. But actually, the Bible has some promises for us. And I would say this, I would say this. The Bible doesn't promise that if you follow Jesus, your pain will stop. Actually, I think it says completely the opposite. Actually, the pain carries on. This life is not perfect. But the promises of a life that is Perfect. So although the pain won't go away, although God won't just take away the pain, he will go through the pain with you, and he'll be with you through it. And actually you can go through the pain rather than with your eyes closed, knowing that God is with you, and there for you. But maybe actually if you're feeling just some things that might... I just want to knock some, out, some blockages out of the way between us and God this morning. If you feel ashamed and you feel like you cannot come to God because of the way you've lived your life, and maybe you're ashamed about stuff, actually the that God writes their stuff off. Actually, on, on Judgment Day, when God judges everybody, what the Bible says essentially is, you will be stood there, but God doesn't see you, he sees Jesus. So actually the things you've done, in a sense, are gone. So if you feel ashamed, God doesn't, God doesn't feel ashamed of you. If you feel alone, then the Bible promises that you will have a friend in Jesus and a counsellor in the Holy Spirit. Uh, And if you feel hungry, God promises to be your provider and to be the bread of life. And if you're thirsty, and if you're searching for something, and maybe you're here just because you know that there's something missing, then actually, um, Jesus promises to be living water to your soul. And he promises to restore your soul and to give you life in all of its fullness and fill in the gaps. And if you're stressed and in pain, then he promises to give you peace and to give you rest. And these things, this relationship with a God who cares for us and restores us and has good things for us is available to all of us every single one of us there is nobody who is not able to have that and sometimes I think the church can almost paint the opposite image you need to behave before you follow God well actually no Jesus came for people who are just a mess <laughs> all of us I'm afraid sorry. sorry if you're offended by that but that's, that is life and God is not shocked by our problems um, so I know with Elsie so Elsie's getting to the age so we're just about in terrible twos territory uh, everything is an argument um, and I see her problems and I see her doing these these things that aren't good and we might have to put her in a timeout. but actually that I don't hold those things against her at all actually what I want to do is I want to pick her up tell her to stop worrying about whatever is causing this stress and I want to comfort her And then I want to set her back on her course with a confidence that will benefit her future. And I think actually God is like that with us. He sees the suffering, but that's not the the thing he's worried about. He just wants us to turn from those things and follow him. If you would, what he wants really is for for us to to open our eyes. Because I think the the truth is is if we can open our eyes and turn around, we'll see that God is with us. We'll see that he is there for us. Um, We're going to watch a video which I think... I came across completely coincidentally, coincidentally, the other day, um, and I just love you to watch it.
1: I am here. I have not gone away. I am not dead, nor retired. Just like thousands of years ago, I am in your midst. I look at this world full of evil. people tired of sorrow who cry there is no God. They have turned away from me. They say they don't see me but their eyes are closed. They ask why they don't hear me but they've covered their ears. But I stand there, at their doors, every day, every minute and in every situation of their lives, untiringly. Why don't you want to let me in? I'm here. I'm near. I see your suffering. I hear the silent cry for help, and I feel your pain. If you're honest, you've made mistakes. You do bad things even when you don't want to. Infected with sin, anger, fury, irritation, distrust, cowardice, betrayal. That's why I came. I came to the earth to give you new life and new hope. There was a price for your sins. Death. And I paid it for you. I love you. I died so that you wouldn't die. And I rose again so that you could live. I stand with open arms. And I will wait for you. Till your last breath.
0: So, the, the, a message like this brings a response from us. <clears throat> and actually, as we read through Acts 17, there is a response that is probably as true today as it was then. These, these kind of different responses. So, Acts 17, we read from verse 32. Uh, when they heard, the people that were listening, when they heard about the res- resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, And others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council, and some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. And I think, in a sense, our our choices this morning probably are this. One is, you might hear someone like me talking about the resurrection of the dead and think, you know, that guy actually believes it. What a nutcase. Fine. Your response might be, I want to hear more about this. You know, there's, there's something about this, and I want to explore it. And that's good. That is what the Alpha course that we advertise is for. And some of you will go, well, i have just listened to this. And, and I just can't help but feel that something's tugging up my heartstrings. I can't help but feel that actually this is true. And I need to give my life t- to Jesus. So I'm just gonna, we're going to do some things that are quite quick and hopefully quite um, private. I just want to create some space for you to be able to respond. Um, so the first is this is I want to give people an opportunity if they want to to make a response to Jesus to follow him and I guess the question, so the question if we're using the analogy of you know, being like children with our eyes closed how do we respond, how do we turn, how do we open our eyes and actually the Bible would say to, to follow Jesus, to, to believe in him to even if we don't have all the answers just to place your faith in him um, there's a, a passage, Ephesians two verse thirteen. But now Christ Jesus, so but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. What that means for us is actually the only way for us to turn back to Him is through Jesus. Is to put our faith in Jesus to acknowledge what happened on the cross and what happened when Jesus rose again. So, in a minute, we'll. We'll pray, but and I would say this, and I've checked this with Steve. This is okay. If you if you actually respond to this and you want to get baptized, you can. I'm not going to put any. I'm not going to mention it again. But if you come see me, if that's you. But I do believe that actually some of you, as you follow Jesus, I believe that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and actually you can start living the life that Jesus has for all of us straight away. There's no we we when we put on teaching classes and stuff, and that's good, and those are right, but. Actually, you just need the Holy Spirit with you to to do some of those things. And you don't need all the answers. Um, And then I will just mention quickly, if you are interested in finding out more about the the stuff that I'm talking about, then we're going to run something called the Alpha Course. It's like a seven-week course in June, I think we're planning on. And you're more than welcome to come to that. Just keep in touch with us. So I just want to create this space just for people to respond. And for some of you as well, some of you that are, you know, you come to church every week, actually you you hear some stuff about God being close, and you're just like, actually, you know what? There's some stuff that I've tried to hide myself from God because of, and I just want to bring those things to him. Do that whilst we pray, that's fine. I know there's kids running around, don't worry about them. They're fine to carry on. Um, But can I just ask everyone just to close their eyes? There's nothing super spiritual about it. It's just to give people space and privacy. Um, And we'll pray just a quick prayer. Um, And whilst we pray, just really just so that... uh, Not to keep tabs on you, but just so we know if people are responding. If you are praying this for the first time, you're going, actually, you know what? I'm just going to put my faith in Jesus. Then please just raise a hand or something. Only I can see it. Um, I'm not going to go in. Come and dance the salsa with you later or something. Make a scene. It's just good to know. And could I just encourage, whilst we pray, can everybody repeat the words? Because that just gives people confidence to to say these things. Jesus, I thank you. For what you did on the cross. And I thank you that you rose again. And you rescued us from the grave. And I acknowledge the things I do wrong. And I acknowledge that I've hidden myself from you. And I say I want to turn back to you. So would you help me to follow you? And help me to tell others. In Jesus' name. Amen.